0: I'm Josh Escobedo with Weintraub Tobin.
1: And I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. A jury in the district court for the Southern District of Illinois, in the case of Alexander versus Take-Two Interactive Software, found that the depiction of tattoos on wrestler Randy Orton in a video game published by Take-Two Interactive infringed the tattoo artist's copyrights in the tattoos. I think the trial court and the court of appeals that rejected Take-Two's defenses, defenses that won the day in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York in Solid Oak Sketches versus 2K Games got it all wrong, and this decision could have wide-ranging implications. We are going to talk about this case on this next installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. So, here's the history of this case. Tattoo artist Catherine Alexander sued Take Two and 2K Games in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Illinois for depicting WWE wrestler Randy Orton in the video game WWE 2K, Tattoos and All. On a motion for summary judgment, Take Two Games made the same arguments it, uh, it made and that garnered it a win previously in Solid Oak Sketches versus 2K Games. Uh, First, that Take-Two's use of the tattoos was was authorized by an implied license. Second, that the Fair Use Doctrine uh, insulated their utilization of the tattoos. And third, that the tattoos contribute a de minimis part of the video game.
0: Alexander testified in 2009 that she contacted WWE's legal department to negotiate about a possible faux sleeve product depicting her tattoo works. A WWE representative laughed at her and stated that she had no grounds and that they could do whatever they wanted with Orton's images because he was their wrestler. WWE then offered Alexander $450 for extensive rights to use and produce the tattoo designs on WWE products. Alexander declined the offer and advised WWE that she did not grant it any permission to copy, duplicate, or otherwise reproduce any of her designs. Defendants have released and promoted wrestling video games titled WWE 2K16, WWE 2K17, and WWE 2K18, all of which feature Orton.
1: In the Solid Oaks case, as to the implied license, the court found that the NBA players featured in the video games, which included LeBron James, among others, had an implied license from the tattoo artist to use the tattoos as elements of their likeness and that the video game publisher's right to use the tattoos in depicting the NBA players derived from this implied license. A crucial element of the court's finding was that the tattoo artist knew that their subject was likely to appear in public, on television, in commercials, and in other forms of media in the exploitation of their likeness. Alexander testified that she never gave permission to any of her clients to use copies of her tattoo works in video games. And she argued that the WWE and Take-Two are conflating Orton's rights to his own likeness and right to appear in media with an implied license to use her copyrights in unlimited and other commercial ways, such as in video games.
0: In ruling on the motion for summary judgment, the Alexander Court found that it wasn't clear whether Alexander or Orton actually ever discussed whether and to what extent Orton had permission to copy and distribute the tattoos, and whether any implied license would include sub-licensing rights, and denied summary judgment on this affirmative defense.
1: The court also found that uh, the use was not fair use. The key to finding of fair use is whether the new use is transformative. So does the new work merely supersede the objects of the original creation or instead does it add something different, new, with further purpose, with a different character, um, altering the first with new expression, meaning, or message? It asks, in other words, whether and to what extent this new work is transformative. Now Take Two argued that its use of the copyrighted tattoos was transformative and that Alexander inked the tattoos at Orton's request to reflect his personal expression, whereas the defendants depicted the tattoos in the video game to depict Orton realistically. The court found a factual dispute in this case as to the defendant's purpose in using the uh, tattoo works. Alexander contended that she created the tattoos for the purpose of displaying them on Orton's body and that the defendants use the tattoos for the same purpose, The to display them on Orton's body in video games. The court bought this argument.
0: So after the court's ruling on the motion for summary judgment, the matter proceeded to trial. Apparently, shortly before trial, the court held that the de minimis use defense was not applicable. Then, it appears that the court refused to allow the jury to hear instructions on the implied license affirmative defense. Even though neither party objected to the jury getting this instruction, Similarly, the court refused to allow the jury to hear instructions on the affirmative defensive waiver.
1: However, the jury did get instructions on fair use, very bare bones instructions, which is less than helpful in a case like this. However, Josh, as you know, fair use is a mixed question of law and fact, and the jury is only supposed to resolve disputed factual issues underlying the defense, which according to the court's ruling on the motion for summary judgment, was the defendant's purpose for using the tattoos. After that, it was for the court to determine the ultimate applicability of fair use. So it seems that the trial court didn't get instructions on the affirmative defenses it should have decided, and essentially decided both the factual and legal issues applicable to the fair use affirmative defense.
0: This certainly sounds like grounds for an appeal, and I'm sure that Take-Two will. However, we have to deal with the aftermath of this decision in the meantime. Counsel for Alexander is quoted as saying that Alexander's win at the trial court could open the floodgates of litigation. And I think I agree with him.
1: I do too, Josh. And and I'm real concerned about that. I I think that every tattoo artist who has inked an actor, musician, sports figure or influencer will be looking for some depiction of the tattoo in media as a hook for a potential lawsuit, unless that artist, uh, musician, sports figure or influencer had enough foresight to get a signed release. But even crazier than that is the practical effect of this ruling. Essentially, once someone gets a tattoo, that person loses the full control over that body part, the body part that has a tattoo. Now the tattoo artist has essentially a blocking right on the depiction of that body part with the tattoo. If a celebrity has an arm tattoo, and let's say that celebrity has to be shirtless in a movie, they have to be shirtless in a movie unless the producer is going to cover up the tattoo with makeup which they very well may need to do after this ruling the producer would need to get a release from the tattoo artist and what if the tattoo artist didn't want to grant a release and for some reason the producer couldn't cover up the tattoo with makeup this could mean that the actor could lose that job sounds a bit extreme but this is a logical extension from that decision
0: and what if that arm tattoo is fully visible in the celebrity's social media pictures Technically, that would be an infringing public display of the work. I understand the fundamentals of a paparazzi suing a celebrity when that celebrity posts a picture taken by the paparazzi without permission, but I have a very hard time with a tattoo artist suing a celebrity when the celebrity takes a selfie that captures the tattoo on the celebrity's body.
1: Yeah, I agree. This decision means that a, a person who has tattoos no longer has complete control of, uh, and autonomy over their persona. Because a person's outward appearance is part of that person's right of publicity, how is it not reasonably understood that when a person gets a tattoo, that tattoo becomes inexorably merged with that person's likeness, and that any rights that that person has in exploiting their likeness would extend to that tattoo? It's almost impossible to fathom otherwise.
0: So what's your recommendation to your studio and production company clients?
1: Well, if an actor has a tattoo and that tattoo is going to be seen on camera, um, they either have to make sure that the actor gets a release, one that the studio uh, legal prepares uh, from the tattoo artist. Uh, and sometimes this could be impossible, right? I mean, sometimes the, 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 the actor may have gotten it overseas, or it may be really old or, you know, what have you. Um, in which case the production may need to consider covering up, to, up the tattoo with either makeup or clothing.
0: And how do you deal with the content that's already out in the marketplace?
1: Well, if you get a letter from a lawyer for the tattoo artist, be the first to file a declaratory relief action in the Southern District of New York.
0: We'll definitely have to keep an eye out for the appeal. I'm sure it's coming. Uh, Thanks for sharing, Scott.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the appeal is coming too, Josh. We'll watch for it. Thank you.
0: Thanks for tuning into this installment of the briefing by the IP Law Blog. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And for additional content, visit our website at www.theiplawblog.com. Thank you.